It's been way too long, and I really miss you. Love you, buddy. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Top fives and deep dives with Tad and PTM. Top fives and deep dives with Tad and PTM. Top fives and deep dives with Tad and PTM. Top fives and deep dives with Tad and PTM. My favorite director would have to be Martin Scorsese. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Top Fives and Deep Dives. We've got me, Justin. I've got Mike across the pond. What's up, buddy? Very excited. Bit of a different episode this week and a little special announcement coming. Yes, yes, yes. It's uh, We're dipping our toes back into TV this week. We're doing top five TV cliffhangers. Very excited about it. And speaking of TV, our spotlight is TV related as one of the biggest TV shows of all time just recently had a long awaited reunion. And that's the friends reunion that's on HBO max here in the States. What is it? 17, 17 years. Yeah, I think that's right. Cause 94 to 04, right? Yep. And they got back together it was a almost two-hour special. What do you think about it, Mike? I thought it was pretty good, to be honest. I mean, I, I can't remember the last time I actually watched like a reunion special, and and even the even in this the stuff that's kind of like on the couch in front of the live audience, I always mm-hmm. find it's just like a little bit forced. But yeah, there was some cool ideas, and I think overall it was well. You know, Friends is is obviously one of my favorite shows of all time. I think you sort of feel the same. Is that right? I do. I do. I think it's the best sitcom ever, pretty much. Yeah. And it was great to sort of see them back and see kind of how emotional they were and just sort of watch them reminisce about the show, which I thought was kind of the strongest part. But yeah, I, I thought it was going to be kind of lame, but but to be honest, I ended up enjoying it. I I couldn't agree more. I thought it was fantastic, actually. And I uh, I even teared up in like the first few minutes of watching it. I thought oh, it was just watching them all walk in and like see each other. Yep. Oh, yeah. oh my God. It just, it was, it was very good. I was very impressed with what they did. And, and even, you know, people were going nuts beforehand when they heard there was going to be all these sort of other uh, celebrities that were a part of it that weren't really involved in the show. And hopefully people's worries were immediately squashed because I actually thought the way that they incorporated a couple of those people was very funny or tasteful. And, you know, having a couple artists or, you know, actors talk about the impact the show had on them very briefly, or like having Justin Bieber walk in the, uh, what what was the costume he was in again? I think he did Sputnik, um, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's like, that's like a really funny way to just have someone in the episode for, 10 seconds and I felt like it was all focused on the friends which is what we all wanted they had the most impactful guest characters show up and it was it was just fantastic it was really good I was very impressed I think my only very minor critique would be I I 
love James Corden, but I thought they should have gotten like a TV host that was maybe around when Friends was on to do it. Or Yeah, I agree. Um, I don't think that was the best fit, to be honest. Other than that, yeah, super cool to see them all. Obviously, it was a bit of a shock. I, I was like a little bit, I think it was a mix of nostalgia and everything. It got me a little like sad after just thinking about how long it's been since. And obviously, they all look a, a bit older these days, but uh, it, it really tugged at my heartstrings and I, I, I loved it. Yeah, definitely. I think just growing up with the show, just, just the idea of how long it's been and kind of what the show meant to you and what it clearly meant to other people it was it was a little bit more yeah emotional than i thought and the only the only character i was missing was where's paul rudd bro a hundred percent agree he was the only person that i felt like was missing from it agreed and he's got to be around i mean would he not do it i mean come on no i think he would i'm i'm i was very i was also confused about that truly the only person missing like you needed Tom Selleck, you needed. Um, I feel bad that I'm blanking on her name, but the actress that played Janice. Um, you needed Gunther, and yeah, I was I was surprised that Paul Rudd didn't show up. But yeah, I guess the last thing I wanted to say was something that hit me. And Mike, I feel like you and I and a lot of maybe friends that we have are. This could hit us particularly hard right now because we're sort of at this age, but. I loved how the creators said like they would never do any more friends because when they pitched friends, the log line was it's the purity of your life where your friends are your family. And I think that's sort of what hit me. And I was like sitting with it after. Cause I was like, shit, I was like, you know what? Like, I mean, my friends will always be my family, but that, that specific phase that the show focuses on and then of course when it ends everyone's sort of starting to to go their separate ways and are still going to be you know best friends but maybe not see each other or live with each other like every day i think our age group you know mike and i are in our early 30s that is that has started to happen where certain friends have gotten married and started to have kids and yada yada so it's it's uh yeah, just man, the show really hits that that decade or so of your life. Just it's right on the money. Agreed. And and I will say, I just happened to turn them on TV, and I literally just was flipping through the channels, and I saw it was the Thanksgiving with Brad Pitt, and I was like, "Well, fuck my 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 interest is totally renewed. I'm going to watch this for the one millionth time." Yes, yes. And it disappoint. It never does. But yeah, so what we're saying is. We highly recommend checking out the Friends reunion if you're a Friends fan. And if you're not a Friends fan... Who are you? Yeah, who are you? (laughs) And if you've never seen the show, also who are you? But just go watch it today. Seriously. So before we get into our episode, we have a very uh, exciting announcement, don't we, Mike? We do. We do. And that is the launch of our Patreon. Yes. So if you guys are not familiar with Patreon, a lot of podcasts use it. And pretty much what you do is you go to the website, which we'll, of course, have a link to on our socials, and you're able to subscribe to our Patreon. It's very, very low cost, few bucks a month. And 
we will be making bonus content for you guys. We'll be doing shout outs in the episodes, personal shout outs to all of you who become subscribers and we'll be doing some other really fun stuff uh, as we get this thing started. So we're really pumped up about it and thank you so much in advance to everyone who decides to uh, become a subscriber and hop on the ride with us. Yeah. And just, just to be clear, we're, we're not going to put our regular content behind a paywall at all. We're, we're never going to do that. No, um, never. And we are going to release kind of our first bonus episode just to give you an idea of the type of stuff that we want to do on there. Certainly not indicative of everything we want to do, but just sort of one thing that we're trying. Uh, we'll release that on this main feed. So you'll uh, probably see that by the time you hear this. Yeah. And we're very excited. And I'm sure you'll hear us talk a little bit more about it in episodes to come. And without further ado, TV cliffhangers god there's not much i love more than a cliffhanger there's really not yeah this is a topic that you pitched and i know is something that really really sticks in your mind i had to think back a little bit but then once i got going i started developing kind of a deep list um because you know there's these iconic moments that just you can't ever lose them you can't and there's obviously certain shows that are known for their cliffhangers there's certain shows that just randomly out of the blue just have a fucking stunner that takes you by surprise. It typically isn't the type of show to do it. And there's such a big part of TV. A lot of shows, especially like serial dramas, like to end their seasons on a cliffhanger and then keep you guessing for, I mean, back in the day, you'd be waiting six to eight months for new episodes. I mean, even these days, actually, sometimes you have to wait longer. Sometimes you got to wait a year for new episodes. But it's an interesting topic. And I'd say the only rules are we decided we can't use a show twice. So for me, like, for instance, there's a show or two that I love that have tons of cliffhangers. And my whole list could be made up of those, you know, a couple shows if I didn't limit. So one cliffhanger per show. And and we just want to say up front, obviously, there's going to be some spoilers. I mean, we're talking about the end of episodes, so there's there's we'll do our best, but there's really no way to fully get around it. So no, I'm gonna be we're not I <laughs> I'm gonna be honest, we're not gonna do our best. There's gonna be spoilers galore. So if you hear us say the title of an episode, and then the sh- when we say the show, if it's a show you haven't seen. And you don't want to hear anything about it. Fast forward like five minutes. All right, let's get into this thing. I'm gonna I'm gonna start us off at number five with a show that is near and dear to my heart, which is Battlestar Galactica. And the episode, a lot of cliffhangers on this show, but the episode I'm going with is the finale of season three, which is a two-parter called Crossroads, which was the 19th and the 20th episode, if, if we count each hour, as an ep, aired in March 2007. So, all right. So at the end of this episode, you find out that four or five of 
the characters we've come to know and love over the last three seasons are actually Cylons, which are like the robots that technically all of our people on the battle on the Galactica, the ship have been fighting against the entire show. And so you find this out, it's a massive reveal and they start playing Bear McCreary, who does the score for Battlestar Galactica starts doing this like different this cover version of all along the watchtower that's sort of dark and creepy but like epic and they are these peep these cylons they've they've all found each other and acknowledged oh my god we're the cylons they ju- they've just found out they go back to their stations in the galactica as they do that uh Leah Dama goes out in one of the sh- in one of the ships fighter ships he's flying around he sees something on the radar that it's a ship that cannot be identified and so he goes to check it out and most of the season one of my favorite character on the show in my top 5 TV characters episode Starbuck has been missing and you know we don't know if she's she's dead or whatnot and so at the final moment he pulls up next to her and and the whole show by the way is about them trying to find earth so he pulls up next to this ship looks over it's starbuck i went fucking nuts when i watched this the first time she looks at him and she's like Haley, it's me everything's going to be okay. I found earth and I'm going to take us there. And then all of a sudden the camera zooms out, goes like across galaxies, shows us earth zooms in. And then as all along the watchtower is like epically climaxing, it just hits the credits and it's just, it is insane. It's, one of my all-time favorite TV moments. My brother and I both lost our fucking shit when this aired. And we had to wait like eight months to find out what was going to happen next. It's just like, okay, where the hell has Starbuck been all this time? What the hell is going to happen with these characters who we love that now are, in theory, bad guys and they're on the ship with everyone else we love. It's just, it was it was so much. Yeah, I still, as you know, still have not seen this show, but but hopefully will at some point. Well, now I've ruined an epic part. <laughs> <laughs> we said that was part of it at the top. There's exactly. Be spoilers here. Well, look, luckily, my number five, you know what's coming. You've seen this, I know for sure. So no spoilers for you. That is, the episode title is the dearly beloved. This is the OC season two, oh, episode yes! twenty-four. Wow! So this is not on your list, right? No, it is not. Okay, so basically, uh, very briefly, you know, I think people know what the OC is. Season two, definitely not as strong as season one, at least in my opinion. Maybe that's a separate topic for another day. But season two introduces Trey, who is the brother of Ryan, one of our main characters, and. I won't say exactly how we get here, but basically at the end of the episode, things have gone down between Ryan and Marissa and Trey. And 
Ryan and Trey, who are brothers, they're, they're having a fight um, in like an apartment. And Marissa comes in and shoots Trey. Cue that song Hide and Seek by Imogen Heap and end of the season. Oh, my God. <laughs> still, still incredible. Honestly, I just watched the end of it like two days ago, and I was still like getting a little bit emotional, but also it's kind of bad, which is hilarious. But really, this is all about the SNL short that was done afterwards and just became like one of the most memeable moments of sort of the early internet age, I would mm-hmm. say. Mm-hmm. The, and the short has Bill Hader, has Andy Samberg, Fred Armisen, Jason Sudeikis, Shia LaBeouf is like the main the main cast data, and it's just all about the song. And it's just it's so crazy to think back that like, you know, there's so much different stuff on now that there's very few kind of I don't know viral TV moments that people really understand what's going on. Let's say like Game of Thrones would maybe be be one that's kind of comparable now, but it was just. The skit was so funny and the, like the memes were so funny. It became such a ridiculous moment that at this time, as you know, this is in 2005. I hadn't even seen the show yet, uh, but then I knew exactly what happened, obviously, um, when I then went to watch it, as you suggested I should. And it's just it's something that I always think back on. And that song is just completely inextricably tied to this moment and it will never be separated. No, never. Never. It's if you say the name, if you say that song, ninety eight percent of people immediately are like, "Oh my god, the OC ending!" It's just, it's iconic. It really is, and it's just such. It's very emblematic of the show. It's just absurdly dramatic. Not as good as the ending of season one, obviously, but just no. in terms of what sort of exemplifies the show, this is it in a nutshell. Agreed. And I'm with you, by the way, that season two is a is a step down from season one, but but still the second most enjoyable season. Yes. In my opinion. Definitely. Um, definitely. Oh, man. I'm so glad you have this. This is one, one of my honorable mentions, but fantastic choice. Nice. Okay. Money. What's your number four? My number four is from Breaking Bad. And there's a lot of Breaking Bad cliffhangers that I love. But I decided to go with my personal favorite, which is the season three, episode 12, Half Measures. Higher on my list. Sorry, bro. Okay. Wow. <laughs> Holy robbed. shit. Absolutely wow. robbed. Absolutely robbed. But that's crazy wow. that out of all the Breaking Bad cliffhangers. That we both agree that's wow. the best one. That's wow. absolutely legendary, honestly, because it's not... I don't think it's every single person's, but no, I think the next episode full measure is probably that's a big one. Another big one, which we'll talk, we can talk about more, but gliding overall where Hank yeah. finds the book. Wow. So yep. many good ones. Oh my so God. Many okay. Good ones. We'll get there. All right. Wow. I wasn't even ready, but now I have to just sort of hype myself up because my number four is a bit of a curious what you're going to think about this. I know that you love what I'm talking about, but I'm curious what you think about it in the realm of cliffhangers. And that is the pilot of Friday Night Lights. Wow. What do you think about pilot as a cliffhanger? I think that is a massive rarity. With that said, I get it. Wow. I hadn't even considered it, to be completely honest. 
it, it is rare, but that's kind of what makes this one so special, right? Is that just mm-hmm. within the course of one episode, you're so sucked in that it would be impossible to not continue watching the show. A hundred percent, which is the mark of a fucking brilliant pilot. Yeah. And for anyone that doesn't know, I mean, basically what the end of the pilot is, you know, they've established all the characters so brilliantly over the course of the episode. And it kind of seems like, you know, Street is going to be the main character. He's going to lead them to a state championship. He, you know, has this horrific injury on the football field. And the episode ends, um, of course, with, you know, Coach Taylor giving incredibly legendary speech. But we don't at that time know you know, what his status, his health status is going to be. And mm-hmm. it's just, it, I mean, if, if you somehow watched the pilot of the show and did not watch episode two, also contact us. Cause maybe you also haven't seen friends. I don't know who you are, but I don't even know if they c- should contact us. Cause I think that they're a stone cold killer. <laughs> that's, if that's they true. haven't fucking that's gone true. on. That's true. Honestly, don't just don't even find us. We don't, yeah. we don't need to know. <laughs> Stay away from us. us. But seriously, it's just so it's such a perfectly crafted pilot. And you're honestly, you're all in even before the injury, right? You're like, oh, there's all these characters and they're going to have a football team and there's the backup quarterback and there's going to be drama there with the girlfriend. It would be a great show without this whole storyline. And then it's just it's hard for me to watch it and not cry even today, like for the 18th time that I've seen it. It's just incredible. It's it's one of the all-time pilots. If you haven't seen it, go watch it immediately. So that's it. Season one, episode one, titled pilot. Amazing cliffhanger. Incredible. Well, number three for me. Interestingly enough about this cliffhanger, I hate it. But I had to have it because I couldn't shut the fuck up about it until the next season because it pissed me off that much wondering the fate of this human being. And that is Game of Thrones, Season 5, Episode 10, Mother's Mercy. Wait, is this where Jon Snow dies? Yes. Jon Snow gets killed at the end. His, his fucking lifeless body with a pool of blood around him is left out to die. Or, I mean, he's already dead. Uh, but, yeah, he's laying there dead. And we fade to black, season over. One of the most infuriating endings of all time because just, I mean, he's killed by all the men at the Night's Watch or a group of them that go against him and lured by this this little boy. And it's just, it's infuriating. It's infuriating because he shouldn't be dead. Also, he, for a lot of people, was including me, their favorite character. His story didn't feel over. And on Game of Thrones, anyone can die. So you really wondered, is, is he really dead? You were like, he can't be fucking dead. His, his arc isn't over. And so I was, I was just mad for months and months and months and months until it came back. And then he wasn't dead. So it was great. But it was, it was one of those big ones that it was the pop culture thing for months. Everyone talked about it. Is he really dead or not? And it it just, it had such an impact that even though it infuriated me, I had to put it on there because it was just, it's so, I think of it right away when I think cliffhanger. 
So out of curiosity, did you think that he was like dead? Like what, like when you saw it, were you like, he's killed off or were you like, no, they're definitely going to have to find some way to bring him back. So I, my logical mind, just thinking from a writing standpoint and what makes sense for a show, I, I was like, he has to get brought back. I get that they've killed off, you know, main characters, like it's no big deal. But he is like maybe the most main character of the ensemble. And so many things about his story were still unanswered. Like, you know, his, his, uh, who his mother was and things like that. It seemed very important to the, to the plot of the overall show story. And so I was like, it just doesn't make sense. But then there was a part of me that said, well, it didn't make sense when they killed off, you know, Rob Stark and his mom. And it, it just things have not made sense on the show that hurt or that were characters you loved that were just taken in an instant. So I, I questioned it for months. I really didn't know. But I, I my intuition said they have to somehow bring him back. But it wasn't until there was the the internet chatter of he, he's fucking coming back that I that I somewhat believed it. But I will never forget for the rest of my life watching the episode where he does end up waking up at the final moment. And uh, oh my god, I, I was watching with a couple buddies, and and it was let's just say screaming happened all around the apartment. Okay, That's number three. great. There you go. Jon Snow. Big one. Uh, my number three is, well, Town had no idea that I was doing this, but I am taking us back to Friends. Wow. Uh, I did a little poking around the internet today, and it seems that a lot of people ha- are, you know, consider some other Friends cliffhangers to be higher than this one. Um, so that's good. I'm glad that I'm repping this because for me, this is the ultimate. And that is season three. Episode 15, the one where Ross and Rachel take a break. Wow. I think most people know what's gone on in this episode, considering it's right in the title. But of course, the way this ends, Ross and Rachel have a big fight. Rachel suggests they take a break. Ross immediately ups the ante and goes home with the copy girl, Chloe. So you go from, wait, no, Ross and Rachel are meant to be together. They're going to take a break. Everything's going to be fine to just zero to a hundred. Ross is already sleeping with somebody else. Now, granted, they're on a break. That is clear. Also part of the reunion, they clarify that they were on a break, which was the only acceptable take for the last 25 years. Um, But it obviously means, you know, the end of Ross and Rachel. And we get a part two right after that that confirms it. But this is just a defining moment of... TV history, my childhood, and it's still the cliffhanger kills you the first time, but even now it's it's tough to watch, even when you know it's coming. Such a good one. I mean, it's it's still a part of pop culture today. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. But they but they answered the age old question, and they were on a on break. And and Jennifer Aniston was the first one to say that they were on a break. That's that. But yeah, the copy girl, Chloe. I mean, unbelievable. Fucking Ross. 
A real, real power move by Ross to immediately sleep with someone else the day that his relationship ends. Not a great Just, strategy, folks. No, Try no. not to do that in your own lives. Try not to be like Ross. In this case. Yeah, most cases, most cases. Wow, are you like a Ross hater? <laughs> oh. Okay, all right. Hey, I love them all, but you know, Ross isn't isn't my favorite. It's not okay. your guy. Okay. Wow. Great number three. Love how that tied tied into this episode. My number two is a cliffhanger that killed me for many, many years and, and could have could have killed me forever if it wasn't for a season three 25 years down the road. And that is Twin Peaks season two, episode 22. For 25 years, what was considered the series finale, Beyond Life and Death. Mike, have you seen Twin Peaks? No. I've, I've tried twice. Okay. I made it well, about halfway through the first season. Well, yeah, it's, 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 it's very uh, quirky in tone and, and of its own nature. So it's definitely not going to be everyone's thing. But for anyone who's seen it, you know the scene. Cooper, our, our hero... As he'd gone into the Black Lodge trying to save Annie, who is, uh, you know, his love interest played by played by Heather Graham. And he he's back out of the Black Lodge. He's resting in bed the next day and he gets up. He's talking to a couple people. He goes into the bathroom and he's looking in the mirror and all of a sudden you see that he just sees Bob, our, our ultimate villain, looking back at him. Bob has inhabited Coop's body, the most pure, just wonderful man. And Coop, looking into the mirror, just starts maniacally laughing and saying, how's Annie? How's Annie? And cracks his head on the, on the mirror just with this crazed smile. The whole show just ends and we're just left with Bob inhabiting Coop and the real Coop is trapped in the Black Lodge and we don't know if we'll ever get him back. And people that watched this live in 1991, I believe it was, they had to wait over 25 years for the answer. But luckily... David Lynch and Mark Frost blessed us with a season three and uh, things were answered. Although then we were left on another cliffhanger of sorts, but I'm glad this one was answered because my God, I watched Twin Peaks in 2000 and maybe nine or 10. So I only had to go seven or eight years. The people that had to go 25, 26, I all my, I tip my cap to you because my, my God, I have to say, I have absolutely no idea what you're talking about. All the trends <laughs> that you just said make no sense whatsoever, but David Lynch is a treasure. Um, and <laughs> I'm just so happy that we have him as a person and filmmaker and obviously TV in this in this case, but no idea what any of that means. <laughs> As I was saying it, I was like, if, if people haven't seen this show, they're going to Black Lodge. They're like, no one knows what I'm talking about. So, yeah. Anyway, it's one of the most legendary cliffhangers of all time. You got to watch Twin Peaks. And the good news is 
you now know that you will get a resolution of this cliffhanger. So go watch the show, okay? Well, that's a fantastic segue to my number two because yours is, you know, from a guy that doesn't really ever want you to know fully what's going on in his shows to the most straightforward show probably ever. And that is Boy Meets World, which you know I love. You do. And you've not seen. I've not seen. I can very easily explain this to you because effectively this is, so this is the end of season five, episode 24 called Graduation, which is they are graduating high school. So it's five seasons that have spanned from, there's not necessarily like one season per grade, um, but they've spanned from middle school all the way down to the end of high school. You know, our love interests are Corey and Topanga. They've been together forever. The episode previous to this, the greatest episode of the show, is all about how, you know, they're going to go to college soon. Um, and it looks like maybe they'll be going to separate colleges. And Corey just, you know, he doesn't want anything to change. He's got his best bud. He's got his girl. And he just, he, you know, wants them to live in this um, sort of high school bliss forever, which is, you know, a sentiment that I think is pretty universal. And in this one, it, it seems pretty clear that Topanga is going to go to Yale. Obviously, Corey hasn't gotten into Yale and he's freaking out about it, but trying to, you know, he's trying to play the good boyfriend. He's trying to say, okay, go to Yale and we'll make it work. And that is where the show is headed until after their, everybody's names is called at graduation, Topanga proposes to Corey season over. Whoa. And it's, wow, it's real. It's a real moment. And it's, uh, I will say that they do end up getting married uh, for later on. but And they do end up going to the same college. So everything stays perfect in Boy World world because it does. That's just how the show works. But at the time, this blew my goddamn mind. And this is right <laughs> about when I started watching Boy Meets World. This is 98. So this is really like when I started watching it. Um, so I, I do like, I do recall seeing this in sort of real time, whether I'd seen the previous four seasons, I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, this one absolutely will always stick with me and it's just, yeah, one of the best images from the show. Yeah. That is truly like an exact opposite of my number two. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> oh, I love it. What, what compliments? Um, wow. We're at number one. Unbelievable. Well, I think if you know me. You know what show my number one is going to be from. That show is the greatest show of all time. Lost. The show of cliffhangers. But the one that I am, the episode I'm choosing is, I truly believe this, fan of Lost or not, arguably the most iconic cliffhanger in television history. Season three, final episode, episode 22, you could say slash 23, if, since it's a two hour, through the looking glass. We have to go back. Changed the game when it happened. I've never seen anything like it before or since. To give you the slightest background on what happened, if you've never seen Lost, every episode they do a flashback on one of the characters that crash landed on the island, and it always ties into the episode somehow and their growth as a character. And so in this episode, on the island time, you know, the present time on the island, the obviously the whole show, they're trying to get off the island and 
it seems like there might be a legitimate way off possibly on a freighter. And so anyways, everything's going on on the island. We have a flashback with Jack, the main character of the entire show. But in the flashback the whole time, he's got this scruffy beard. Um, he's all depressed. It's it's a time in his life. We've had enough flashbacks that it doesn't really fit into the timeline. And we're we're scratching your you know, your head the entire episode. Like, what is going on? Like, why is he so depressed? Why is he look like this? He looks terrible. And then the final scene of the entire episode, he pulls up to meet somebody right outside of LAX and the person comes into focus and it's Kate. Kate, who is on the island with Jack and they did not know each other to our knowledge before the plane crash. And they start talking and towards the end, he tells her that all he dreams about is he gets on the planes, he dreams of them crashing and that at the end, he's like, we have to go back. And then Kate ends up, you know, she gets upset and she says she's leaving. She's not going back. And as she's driving off, Jack screams, which is, of course, a famous meme at this point. We have to go back. And the episode ends. And I'd say it took most people a second, it literally took me like a minute to process what I'd just seen. And then I got the aha moment of holy fucking shit. This is the future. And they got off the island. And now Jack, some, whatever has happened since, Jack is depressed and suicidal and thinks they have to go back to the island. Meaning that probably not everyone got off the island. And it's just... The biggest mindfuck I've ever seen in a cliffhanger on television. And I'll never forget when it aired. It was such a... The show itself was such a pop culture phenomenon and, and the biggest water cooler show of all time. But this fucking ending, it's it's going to go down in the history books. It just... It totally changed the show, first of all. Okay, now we can... We can see in the future. Now we're going to do flash forwards and we're going to find out how this got here. But it just so many questions for the next season and just just a defining moment in my TV watching experience as a as a fan of television and one that I, I do not believe in my lifetime will ever be topped. I really don't. Great, great pick. Great explanation. This Thank is actually you. something that I've seen. This is past the point that I made it. Wow. I mean, before the, yeah, whatever the right way of saying it is, but I made it past this into season four. I'm at that one time that I tried to watch Lost. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is, this is a great cliffhanger. I mean, this is still not sure if I'm going to get around to it. Still not sure if I trust the show after all these years, but a great, great, great cliffhanger idea. And like you said, to totally introduce, you know, all new dimensions not literally i mean to the to, to the show um great idea and yeah great number one thank you which of course leads me to my number one which you already know which is breaking bad season three episode 12 half measures 
Wow. wow. I will give a very brief summary and then I'll pass it over to you, Town. I mean, it's, you know, catching up an entire season here is a bit difficult, but basically Jesse is, you know, kind of going on some uh, revenge sort of action against these drug dealers who have been using kids in an operation. And it's this whole thing that he basically is the only one that cares about. Well, you know, obviously he doesn't give a shit. You know, Gus doesn't give a shit. So at the very end, he, you know, sees these two drug dealers. He gets out of his car, starts walking towards them with a gun. And just as it looks like something's about to happen, they're sort of pulling their guns. Walt comes out of nowhere, like onto the sidewalk, drills both of them with his car gets out one of them is like still sort of alive he shoots them i think in the head uh and just looks at jesse and goes run oh my god and i just got chills so fucking epic go down go one of maybe the most like pump up scream moment of any show ever yeah, I, I jumped, jumped out of my chair. Like, I felt like I hit the ceiling. Like, I oh, couldn't even fucking believe it. Dude, I will actually never forgot, forget watching this episode. I was living in New York for the summer with Griffin. Shout out to Griff Money. And I was watching this episode. I mean, Jesse, as I know for many people, he was my favorite character. And, like, you legitimately felt like, fuck, like, this could be it. Like, they'd sort of been setting it up. Like, he might die, like, like in this season. And as he's about to walk into this, like, my heart was pounding. And when he gets out of the car, I was like, oh, my fucking God. Oh, my fucking God. Like, pre-finale episode, like, he's walking up. You really think, like, this could be it. And when Walt comes out, I mean, you... I remember screaming when he hits them with the car, but when he gets out and then just shoots the one guy in the head, I just lost it. And when he said run, it was same thing as you, Mike. I I jumped to the ceiling and just was screaming around the apartment. What's what's so brilliant about it is that take Walt out of it. You know, when you're that in the moment with just Jesse and the two guys, no matter what happens, you know it's bad, right? Because even if he kills them, He's been warned, don't do this, right? You know, it's going to be bad. So even if he somehow survives the gunfight, it's still going to be really bad. So you're kind of, you're like mentally preparing yourself for both outcomes, which totally disguises the fact that none of, none of that is going to happen and just like the most shocking thing you could ever imagine happens instead. And it's like all you wanted to is you want, you want Walt for once to fucking back up Jesse and he does it in the biggest way possible right here. Yes, yes, he does. And I don't know about you, Mike, but for me, I loved Breaking Bad from the very start. But for me, like season one and two are great. But season three is what takes it to a new level. And this specific moment was the moment that I said, okay, this is this is going to end up being one of the greatest shows of all time by the time it's done. And And this is the moment where it became that for me. Yeah, I think season three really cements the dynamic that both of them are going to play. I mean, they've been building towards it, but then they really kind of, those themes are what are present in the final mm-hmm. final two seasons. And I mean, a, another show, obviously such a different show from Lost, but another show with fucking amazing cliffhangers. Like, and the next episode, the season oh. ender, full measure, 
which of course ends with Jesse, you know, showing up at uh, Gail's house, and it just ends, you know, down down the barrel of the gun, basically. We hear the gun go off, but we don't see the outcome of it. Yeah. And that's, of course, another massive one. Season three actually has another massive one. The one where the two brothers, the twins, fucking ambush Hank outside his car. And, sh- and Oof, yes. I mean, another super intense ending where you don't know if Hank's going to survive. Yep. True. True. It's just it's season three is fucking unbelievable. But this I'm so fucking pumped up that this was your number one because and that this is the Breaking Bad you chose because it, it it's it, it is the best to me as well. Like, it's unbelievable. It, it really is. Yeah. This one just like you said, there's so, so many across all the seasons, but this will always be the most visceral like one moment in all of Breaking Bad. Run. Oh my god. So incredible. Well, should we should we give some some honorables? We should, but let's really quickly recap our lists for everyone. Oh, that's true. Let's do that. Let's um, do that. so mine going from 5 to 1 is Crossroads, Battlestar Galactica, Half Measures, Breaking Bad, Mother's Mercy, Game of Thrones, Beyond Life and Death, Twin Peaks, and Through the Looking Glass, Lost. Mine is the OC, the dearly beloved, uh, the Friday Night Lights pilot, uh, Friends, the one where Ross and Rachel take a break, Boy Meets World, Graduation, and Breaking Bad Half Measures. Amazing. Um, Hit us up with an honorable. Well, I think there's a glaring one that I thought we both kind of thought would be on each other's lists Mm -hmm. and ended up six for me, which is... Season one, episode 22 of The West Wing. What kind of day has it been? Such a fucking great one. I just know you've been watching The West Wing. I thought it was going to make your list. And it's just, I mean, without going into all of it, obviously, basically this ends with like effectively an assassination attempt. And we have no idea who's been hit. And like everyone we love is all there. It's, uh, you know what? I'll tell you why it didn't make it for me, Mike. And it's, it's a very simple reason. It's not because it doesn't deserve it. It's because all the other ones I was watching live and had to deal with the struggle of waiting for the answer. Oh, that's true. Yeah. And this one, I got the instant gratification of being able to watch the next episode immediately. But to show the impact, when I watched it, it was super late at night. And of course, even though I had work the next morning and I knew I was going to be tired as fuck, I had to watch the next episode because there's no way you're sleeping after that. No, and we will not reveal what has happened. No. Um, another season finale for me, very recent, is the Ozark season three finale. Ooh, you know what? I will not say what happens there because that's I, just not cool. I was, yeah, I was, I was actually going to add, you know, thank you because I'm, I'm, I don't want to know because I'm just actually watching it and I'm not there yet. Yeah. And my last one I'll say, which is maybe cheeky, I don't know. But definite shout out here to our man, Danny Hollywood. Whoa. Season six, episode 21 of The Sopranos. I am here to defend The Sopranos finale as one of the greatest cliffhangers of all time. Hey, I love it. Although I still need to watch the full show, which I'm going to be doing after West Wing. I know the ending. Uh, And 
yeah, Zach and Danny Hollywood both would uh, be very appreciative. Shout out Z, obviously. Yeah. All right, go ahead. Those are my those are my honorables. All right. Well, yeah, I also have West Wing. I also have uh, the dearly beloved OC episode. But I go for me. I'm gonna actually shout out one that I'm a little surprised isn't on yours, and is actually what I thought you were referring to about one that might be on both of our lists. It's also in episode 22. It's also season one. It's why we fight Jericho, which is yeah. the final moment of season one of Jericho in which a war is about to break out between all those we love and the enemy. And as Jake gives the order, he yells nuts. Every a gun start going off. And we fade to black. I think so. You're right. This is a tremendous cliffhanger. Obviously, we both love, love, love Jericho. There's the whole thing that happened with the nuts, and then we think we've talked about it on the pod. But I think this one is diminished for me because you know how much I dislike season two. I know, I know. It's it's tough, but I also think season two is obviously weak, but. I like that we get answers and they're not bad answers. It's just very quickly done. And so it's not as it, it could have been so much richer. Yeah, yeah, of course. But yeah, that's one of them. I am going to list another lost one. Otherwise, I'm not going to list ones from the same shows I've mentioned. But for lost, I have to give a shout to one more cliffhanger because it's probably like my second favorite ever after we have to go back, which is. Season two, episode 20, two for the road, where at the end of the episode, Michael, who has just returned from being out, you know, gone for a while, trying to find his son, Walt, he shoots and kills Anna Lucia and Libby. And it is just the most shocking ending, truly like one of the most shocking things I've ever seen this was probably my most intense reaction ever to a cliffhanger. I started screaming, fell onto the floor out of my chair and started beating the ground screaming at how insane everything that had just happened in front of my eyes was. My mother then, at that time, I, w- I was in high school, ran downstairs as it was about 10, 30, 11 at night and, start- and she was like, what the hell's going on down here? Well, I'll tell you what was going on, mom. Michael just fucking shot Anna Lucia and Libby. Oh, my God. So that one's got to be on there. And then, uh, yeah, again, Thrones, Twin Peaks, Battlestar, Breaking Bad. They all have a lot of great ones. Last cliffhanger I'm going to shout out is another one of my favorite shows of all time. 24, season five, episode 24, the final episode of season five, 6 a.m. to 7 a.m., You know, Jack saves the day. You think all's good. He goes to take a quick phone call. He gets kidnapped by the Chinese, taken on a freighter, and the season ends with Jack, who we we think has gone out of this horrible day. He's going to go, you know, be with Audrey. Instead, he's fucking tied up, shackled on his ship, and one of who will become like the big bad almost of, of 24 has Jack 
and pretty much tells him like, I forget the exact line, but it's epic. And he tells him it's not going to be pretty what happens to him next. And we zoom out on the freighter heading across the ocean and the season just ends. And it's just, oh my God, I'll never, I, I was, I, I didn't know what to do with myself until I got to see season six. That is, that is a great one. That is absolutely a great one. But yeah, that's, that's it for me. Cliffhangers. Fucking love cliffhangers. And going back to something that we had said, uh, I think this is on our first Patreon bonus episode, actually really tying it all together unintentionally. This is why I don't really want to watch TV anymore. I'd rather just wait till it's all over because I cannot <laughs> handle the cliffhangers. The cliffhangers. I oh just my can't God. handle it. I oh. can't handle it, and I admit I'm weak. I'm sorry. He's a weak man. But yeah, check out our Patreon. We really appreciate it. Also, if you know you don't want to check out our Patreon, if you want to help us out in a way that costs zero dollars, if you could go on Apple Podcasts and give us a five star review. We will love you forever. It helps us get noticed. Thank you so much to everyone who does that. And if you want to find us, you know how. Instagram, Top Fives and Deep Dives. Twitter, Top Dives. And email, Top Fives and Deep Dives at gmail.com. By the way, Zach, who's about to lead us out of this episode, just recently on June 1st released his brand new single 17 again you gotta go check it out on Spotify or anywhere you listen to music take us out Zach Top fives and deep dives with Tata PTM 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 Director would have to be Martin Scorsese, followed by Quentin Tarantonius. Holy shit! Wow!